God is doing something in this church, isn't he? He's doing something in us. And in fact, as we turn the, the corner from 19 into 20, who noticed God start to do something different? He's the same God, but there are different seasons, aren't there? He's the same, but yet there are seasons. And I love that he turned the season because 19 was heavy. There was some things just heavy. Just, you, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that life was bad. It's just a heaviness. The enemy was trying to take you out. And uh, I had a picture as 20 rolled around that the Lord got off. He stepped off his throne. And he was, I saw, with just uh, with a holy anger in his eyes, dealing with things, dealing with things for you, things, injustices against you. And issues and the striving and the struggling that was put on you. And the Lord is moving to remove those things around your life. And I just felt to preach in January, and I've been preaching on this, this partnership, this togetherness. The Greek calls it koinonia, and it's this picture of God in heaven and us on the earth. It's us as his uh, image walking out on the earth, right? We are image bearers. We are the reflection. We are the ambassadors. You have all the different analogies and, and pictures, but God on the throne in heaven is moving on the earth through you and I. That's how he does it. I didn't make it up. I didn't create it. I didn't pick how ministry should work and how the church should work. That's his word. And, and Jesus uh, came, as I've been preaching about uh, this month, and, and you can listen back to some of the older podcasts uh, in January, but Jesus came humbly. He became a human being. He was not 50% God, 50% man. He wasn't part God, part Mary. He was 100% uh, God in a 100% human being. And that is what we are. You are 100% human being. If your DNA was tested before and after Christ, the DNA would look the same. Because humanly, you are still you. But your spirit is 100% God. Aren't you thankful that it's 100% God? If you were 50% God, then you would be dependent upon this human body. And when it dies then your spirit would be suffering. There's only half of it. Come on, it's obvious. It's very clear. His word is clear. The picture is clear that there's 100% of God and 100% of your, your spirit that will live forever together inside of this 100% human body. And so we cannot live uh, based upon what this human body dictates and what the human senses picture. I've mentioned this before, and uh, I, I pick on Dawn a lot. It's, I'm sorry. But we live together. So it's, you know, she's my, it's easy. Because there's a picture all the time. Not easy to pick on you. It's easy for me to, to get analogies from our lives together. And Dawn has a terrible sense of direction. She knows that. She's not ashamed. That's just how it is. I'm a human GPS. I just, I, I just know where I'm going. You don't need to give me a map. I just need to have some landmarks. Give me the sun. Give me some trees or whatever, and I'll find my way out of wherever I'm at. So Dawn will always say, 
when I'm heading somewhere, this doesn't feel right. She just said it yesterday, so sorry, you, you said it. And I said, well, it doesn't matter what it feels like. I was like, the GPS doesn't care what it feels like. This is the way. And so we cannot live by our feelings. If we based direction in our life on feelings, Dawn would never get to where she was going. <laughs> we must base our direction on the Spirit of God. Come on, we are supernatural beings. You have to realize you are a supernatural creature. We just, we just prayed this out just a few days ago. We were praying it with some people and, and uh, praying over someone that we are new creations in Christ. We are new creations. We are a new creature. Your human body is still there. So if you use your human mind, it gets confusing. And if you try to figure out life with that human mind and figure out God and figure out the plan of God, which we were talking about in the last weeks, you're going to get confused. You have to come to a place where you don't think with this mind any longer. And that is so hard for us. I know I'm one of them too. I'm a human just like you. I understand. But I'm so thankful that the Bible tells me, and I want you to look in James, I love this scripture and i want to preach from this verse today it says in the book of james who knows where i'm turning james chapter 5 verse 17 come on james chapter 5 verse 17 it says that elijah was as human as we are you did you hear that it says elijah was as human as we are. Sometimes when you read about the characters in the Bible, you can say something like, well, that was them. You know, they were special. They were set apart. They were called. That was their call. And I think some of the teaching in Christianity, maybe no one in here is even has this issue, but I'm going to say it anyway. Maybe someone's listening on the podcast has been taught that there are called and then there are Christians. <laughs> and that is a lie from the pit of hell. There are called and there are called. There are Christians that are called. And there are the called that are Christians. What we must understand is that if you have become a Christian, you are not you, but you have Christ in. It is not you any longer. And we cannot... And we should not ever let the devil lie to us and uh, convince us that, well, we need to pray to God in heaven. He's in heaven, and I'm a sinner. And so, you know, I'm still dealing with things, and I'm going to just deal with it here at the altar for the rest of my life. Just keep dealing with my issues here at the altar. I'm a sinner, and thank you, Lord, that you're a Savior. And never, ever do anything, ever. That's not the call that he put on every single one of us. I'm not discounting that moment that has to happen. And, and really, a real believer does that every day, don't they? Don't real believers? I remember I confused someone. Uh, we were having an argument, a good argument, theological argument. And I said, I get saved every day. I mean, I knew what I meant when I was saying it. Don't get worried when I say things a lot of times because she understands me, but she doesn't think people understand my language. So she gets worried. I get saved every day. 
And they were like, what? Meanwhile, they're trying to convince me that it's okay to swear because that doesn't really have anything to do with salvation. That's their flesh. They have a spirit. And I was trying to say, yes, there are times, in fact, it'll probably be every day, that you fail. It'll probably be moment to moment that you fail, and yet I have a Jesus who's in front of me leading my way that I have not just repented once of sin, but I live a lifestyle of repentance, which truly means that I've walked away from the old man, and every time the old man tries to get me to turn again to the old ways, I, even if I do turn, I look right back to Jesus, and I repent again, and I keep walking with him again. That's the picture of a Christian. And that's why people like Elijah did mighty, amazing things, not because he was special, and I love that James clears it up here for us just so that you wouldn't get confused and think, well, that's Elijah. It says Elijah was as human as we are. Pull this up in the Amplified, if you could, too, please. Because I like what it says. It says Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have. Elijah had the feelings we have, the affections we have, the constitution. He was made up just like us. And yet Elijah, when Jezebel pursued him, asked the Lord to take him home. I'm done. Elijah, who had just dealt with the prophets of Baal without breaking a sweat, when Jezebel threatened him, he fleed and said, I'm done. You need to understand something, Christian. It's not that you, and I've been preaching this whole month, and we went and looked at Hebrew about Hebrews, that we, we, we endure in this race because we keep, the way we do it is we focus on Christ. We fix our eyes on Jesus, right, to make it through this race. It's not that you will never face anything. In fact, that's a good gauge for you not being a Christian. <laughs> wow, you can't preach that very often. If you are never facing any trials or struggles, the devil never comes around your bedroom, then it's possible that you don't know Jesus. And you can know him today. I'll introduce you to him if you'd like. But if you know Jesus and you are living with Jesus, and you're walking with Jesus, then there is the enemy as well. Does the enemy have any power? We've been preaching about this. Does he have power? He is crushed under our feet. Come on, it says that we tread upon the scorpion, upon the lion, upon the cobra, because Christ is within us. You know, even his cross was put into the skull. It's not, there's nothing by accident. Do you understand that? that they, they pounded the cross down into the skull, the place of the skull, the cross sits upon it, and when his blood drips down off of his body and through the cross, it hit the skull and separated us from its power, from the serpent. 
We don't worry. We don't fear. We don't struggle. We speak the name of Jesus. We stand with Christ. We stand in the power and the authority of Jesus. Elijah had a human nature just like us, and he had struggles, and he had issues just like us. The Bible is kind many times because you read their story in five pages, <laughs> and they're kind to us as humans to not tell every little tiny thing that you ever did in your life. Aren't you glad that Aren't they glad in heaven that the scriptures don't tell every single mistake and every lie and, and every deceit? Even David, you know, one book says one story and then the other book leaves some of it out. It's not that important. If it says he was human like us, I believe it because I believe his word. Don't you believe the word? He was human like us, and yet, come on, let's read this. And he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and no rain fell. Come on, church. You realize we are supernatural. The reason the devil tries to get you so bogged down with stuff, with offenses, with, with bills, with issues, with struggles, whether it's physical, mental, or spiritual, because there is a power within you that is not for you, but it is within you, and heaven is desperate for you to move in the call that was destined for you so that heaven can move on the earth. And it does not move this is weird. I know it sounds heretical. Is that the way you say that? Yes, I think so. Close enough. God doesn't move. I don't want to say ever because he does sometimes, but 99.9999% of the time he does not move except through human beings. That's been his design. That's the Bible. Even if he just has you stand there, Moses, and just hold up your hands, I mean, does he really need to do that? And when his hands come down, you know, uh-oh, push his hands back up. And yet, that's how God decided to do it. And the devil has, has tried to trick modern Christianity into this. Get saved, be saved, enjoy your Christianity. I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy. I try to savor every moment I can because I know over the next hill could be another battle. So I've learned to enjoy the moments I have. Don't be a weirdo and, and be those, those, you know, those weird, that weird sect of, let's not even call them Christianity, right? They beat their backs and, and penance. You know, they have to, they have to earn and they got to pay. They have to do, you know, because of, of some sort of form of like, you know, of suffering Listen, you don't need to go look for suffering. It will find you in time. <laughs> in the meantime, I promise you, the Lord loves you through the good times and the bad times. He loves you. I promise you, he loves you. No matter what it looks like, don't doubt his love. 
but enjoy those moments and then strap on the armor, get your sword ready, grit your teeth, and get ready for battle when they come. You cannot just sit there and let the battle go on and say, well, God will do it. Because when I read my word, that's just not how it works. Why would he tell us to pray if we didn't have to pray? Why can't God just make it rain and not rain on his own? This is how he does it. This is how the kingdom of God will be expanded in our generation through us. Come on, this is what I've been preaching about. I'm not taking the power. I spent a whole month preaching about it's Jesus. It's his power. It's him. It's not you. And yet you have to go through it. Come on, remember? A couple weeks ago, God's going to do it, but you have to go through it. It's him, and yet it says that Elijah prayed. Everybody say, Elijah prayed. It was his mouth, it was his prayer, and the rain listened, the clouds listened to his words. Come on, Christian. Come on. It's a time to begin to pray. It's a time to begin, begin to be in a whole nother level. Lord's not condemning any of us here today. The Lord loves us so much. His love doesn't change. It says that even when we are faithless, he's faithful, right? Right? So it's, it's not about God's love for you. He's not looking at you with some sort of greater love because you do more for him. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that this world is suffering, that there is a situation around your life that is going on, and what we need to begin to do is take the authority in that situation, and I want to just talk for a few minutes on how to do that so we don't get weird, but take authority in that situation and pray. Let's just look quickly at his story. I'm just going to read it. And I want to just say a few points, but we can go and find when it was going to rain again. It says that it didn't rain, but then it says, it says, verse 18, it says, then he prayed again. Everybody say, then he prayed again. The heavens were shut up until he said, you can rain again. You have to realize the verse specifically said, and I'm not taking God's power away. I'm going to put it all back on God. But it specifically tells us God didn't stop it from raining for three and a half years. Elijah did. It says Elijah. He prayed and it didn't rain. When he prayed again, the heavens supplied rain and the land produced its crops as usual. Who directed him to pray? Right? I mean, come on. We're not gonna, we can't take it away from God. And yet he listened. What would happen if Elijah didn't pray? Uh, this is what I would say, but when I give my opinion, I always like to preface it with opinion so that you guys don't go home and say, this is what the pastor says, and I don't see that in the word, and so, you know, he's off. Let me just tell you it's my opinion, but this is my opinion. I believe that God will go find someone else. I don't believe that God just does it himself because I don't see that in his word. What I see in his word is when people failed, he went and found someone else every time. In fact, when people fail, he makes a big deal about the story of the person then that he finds to replace them. 
not to rub it in their face. I don't see him rubbing it in their face very often, if, if at all. I mean, you could kind of see him pointing the two together to show the two pictures, but he really doesn't go and say, see, this is the new guy, and, you know, could have been you, and that stinks for you. But he moves on to the next person. You could say, well, then what? Then who cares? I don't need to save my neighbor because if I don't do it, then what you're telling me is God will save them through someone else. Two things. One, I don't know that that's true. I hope that every single person has a backup of some sort. So don't just assume that if I do nothing, Jesus will do it through someone else and then make someone else do all the work. But secondly, there is such a greater picture in heaven than we could possibly understand. It is so short-sighted to not give everything we possibly have. Like at Christmas, I played that clip from Schindler's List about giving it all. It is so short-sighted to not pray when he tells us to pray and believe and, and assume that, well, God's got it. I don't need to pray or someone else will pray. It is so short-sighted in eternity. It is literally the equivalent of, unfortunately, uh, someone in school, this is real life, but someone who goes through school and says, I don't care about my career. But then when they're 40, suddenly it matters, and it mattered for the last 20 years. They just don't realize it yet, but now it's great. You know, mom's trying to finally move you on because you're 40. And somehow now you're going to have to make it, but it's kind of too late. That's what it's like for us to not do what he's asked us to do, to be prayerful Christians on this earth right now and then enter heaven in many ways. God's kingdom is his kingdom, and, and I don't understand it. It will move on one way or the other. But in many ways, you are going to be so regretful and sorry that we didn't do, just like Elijah, a human being who prayed when God told him to pray, and saw God move in his land. God's beginning to speak to us. I know you're feeling the call to pray and to stand up and to be a witness in your world. Listen to that call because it says that when he prayed again, it rained. He didn't pray for three and a half years for it to rain until he was directed. But when he was directed, he prayed and it rained. And it tells us in Elijah tells us of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18. Just quickly, it says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, uh, 18 verse 41, 1 Kings 18 41, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, verse 42, But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground, and he prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, Go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked and returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Your prayer didn't work. I knew it wouldn't work because you're just a human being and human nature is just to pray once and now you're done and we'll just let God handle it. It says seven times. Come on. It tells us in James to look at Elijah about prayer. Seven times Elijah told him, go and look. And you've probably heard the sermons, but it's possible that this was like a 20-mile journey. I don't really know. Maybe he had another mountain peak that was only a mile journey across that he was able to see to the sea. 
doesn't really matter. But the point is that he kept praying and praying and praying, it says, until finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud. Come on, Christian. Come on. It's time to pray until we see it move. We, you don't stop praying until you see a change. We pray, and then we go back to life. We pray, and then we just, well, let me just get on with my day. I don't have time for this. Uh, you got to find a way to be praying under your breath all day. you gotta, you got to take your lunch time at work. If you haven't seen the answer yet, then don't quit praying. Come on. If you feel in your heart that it's time to pray about a situation, then you keep praying until you see a little cloud about the size of a man's hand uh, rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry. Come on. Imagine we had this faith. This is the faith we need. He knew when he saw that cloud. He knew. How many of us would have said hurry when we saw a cloud, a little tiny cloud praying for it to rain? <laughs> he says, hurry, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. Amen. Amen. I just, I just felt compelled this morning to just, I feel like as Christians, we, we need to be more stable and more steady. We're so wishy-washy, aren't we? We pray, we don't pray, we worship, we don't worship, we have good times, we have bad times, and yet we need to be stable and steady. I got to point out at Dan. One time TJ asked me something and I was like, and I said, TJ, look at Dan. I was like, do you ever see that guy down? Ever. Does that mean you, he's not going through things in his heart? Of course he is. He's human being just like me and just like Elijah was human. And yet he's just steady. Because he doesn't base his world on what he has and doesn't have, on his emotions, whether they're good or bad, he bases them on the word of God, about God's promises. And it's a, lot, it's, it's a testimony that I had to testify of here in this church. It is a living testimony. And he loves to pray. He prays. We, there's been times we were here and then for whatever reason we need to come back Sunday night for something and he is still here praying and it is late at night and he never left. He had lunch still praying with the Lord. I feel like I needed to just speak this morning. Sometimes it can be really exciting and, and we can the Holy Spirit can grab a hold of us and get us up on our feet. and We can get rejoicing and jumping, and I love when he does that, but I really just felt like just for the next two minutes, he just wanted to speak some very steady things to us. The men of God who walked with him, you can go through every single character. We just read through Acts, and you can just see Paul. Paul has more trouble than any man should ever face in their life. And yet he is always filled with joy. He's always filled with hope. He's always giving God glory. And honestly, 
he is a major reason that we have the Word of God today. First of all, he wrote most of the New Testament, but even if he didn't write it, he inspired the communities around the world that continued to grow and grow and grow and grow to be us here today. He was a natural man living in a natural world, but with a supernatural God alongside him. He was able to go through the obstacles in front of him and come out on the other side with a victory and a scar. But God had the last say. He was imprisoned, but prisoners heard the gospel and got saved. He was shipwrecked, but God used it to save the prisoners on that boat. And the island he was shipwrecked at, he saved the community. Even though there was conflict, by enduring through it, there was a furthering of the kingdom of God. Today, if a Christian has an obstacle, we reason and argue why they are in that position. But it's possible God is using that very same situation, if you can stay pure and endure through it, to work a miracle, to bring salvation, and to change the atmosphere of your region. I feel like the Holy Spirit just gave me some very quick points, some things that we should grab a hold of. We need to realize that we are human, but we have a supernatural God. We don't just serve a supernatural God, but that supernatural God is within us. And we just don't. I know I don't get it, but I'm praying to get it in a greater way, that the Holy Spirit literally came in me. Elijah had the Holy Spirit alongside him. That's all that he could have. That was the limit. The disciples were with Jesus in the flesh, and the, he said, the Holy Spirit is with you, but soon he will be in you. The, the blockade of sin that only the blood of Jesus could, could cover allowed the Holy Spirit to come inside of us. So if Elijah did this, then imagine what we would do. That's why Jesus even said, the works that I do, you'll do greater works. And I don't want you Christians to get obsessed with greater works. That's not the point. Jesus wasn't obsessed with his miracles. In fact, when they asked him for miracles, he left. He was obsessed with reaching people and, and giving the gospel to them. And, and miracles were just a, and, and the supernatural was just a byproduct. He didn't try to be supernatural. He just was. We need to have the Holy Spirit so have control of us that there will be supernatural just coming out of us. Just be the gospel. The gospel's being preached in miracles. You'll end up just, you won't even care. You're like, that's amazing. I'm just glad there's souls in heaven. That's what you'll be amazed about. That's what Jesus told us to get obsessed with, with the souls in heaven. Not them getting healed. Right, The lepers get healed and one comes back to say thank you. It's like, you know, he, he goes around and he does all these miracles for all those years, and 5,000 men alone, possibly 20,000 people on that hillside fed with the fish and, the, and, and the, you know, the small little basket of fish and loaves. But then at Pentecost, there's 120 believers. The greater miracle is salvation. The greater miracle is reaching people with the gospel and everything else, the supernatural part uh, parts of it are, don't be obsessed with that. That's all I want to say. So just some quick things. In every single situation, this will bring us stability. This will, this will make us like Elijah that found the stability in God. Keep ourselves pure. To be a repentant heart. Repent of anything that you're aware of. Or, and, and ask the Lord like David did, search my heart for the things that I don't even, I'm not even aware of that are unpleasing to you. Get our hearts right. 
and be integrous. WWJD. And don't just say that like, you know, something question to ask yourself, but do it the Jesus way, which was selfless. Be humble before God and before people and worship God in every single situation. In every situation, have faith in God. You have to decide that your faith is not reliant on results. No matter what, even in death, like we looked at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even in death itself, even if that has to come, you'll keep your faith in God. Your faith is based on the truth of God's word and not on the facts of the situation. We have to come to the place where we realize that we serve a big God, that God is able, that he is big, that he will never leave us, he'll never forsake us. Like Romans 8, 28 says, he's working all things together for the purpose of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We have to keep praying Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer, which is a, such a simple prayer, and yet it really covers it all. And when we pray, sometimes we're praying, and we need to continue to pray and pray and pray uh, so that the uh, recognition of God, the recognition of our sin, the recognition of, of this, what this world is, and start praying for his kingdom to come into this earth like Jesus told us to pray. And as we do that, God sometimes will steer us around the situation, doesn't he? But sometimes he doesn't steer us around it. Sometimes we go right into the situation, but we pray and we're delivered from the situation. Sometimes we pray and he gives us the strength to get through the situation. Sometimes we pray and it appears, it appears it appears, it appears that nothing is happening and that God has abandoned us. And at that moment, we must keep praying and keep trusting God because God is working the whole thing out. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Never stop praying. You may know it as pray without ceasing and this is just a stability in us it's a heart it truly has to be so settled in God and in his word because then when you pray you don't even look come on I, I hate that when they pray and then they look and see what their prayer did that's ridiculous I mean it might happen like that you just walk away because it's not you anyway you pray and you let God do it at that point you were obedient and then when you leave, you keep praying for them. And you keep praying for them. Amen. Finally, if we do this, we will get to this place, this, this pinnacle, this, you know, other religions, they try to get there. Religions try to get to that, to that uh, in, in um, Buddhism and Hinduism, they get to this, like, you know, this place of peace that cuts between the yin and the yang and that place of, of stillness. You know, and they're all copycats. It's all such a false, fake peace. But there is a real peace. There's a place of real rest that comes. When we settle these things in God, and he tells us to pray, you're just going to pray, and it's going to happen, because you've gotten to this place. You are human, just as Elijah was. But you got to this place where your humanity is irrelevant, 
And, uh, and it is not easy, but it is coming. Come on, Christians. You need to believe. That's your first thing to believe for, that that place is coming. We get to this place of rest, and we've prayed, we've waited, we keep on praying, and we start just thanking him and praising him uh, for what he has done, for what he's going to do. And we could go on and on and on, and I'm going to stop there. We just thank you, Jesus. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, for what you did in us, even today, Lord God. Lord, we are, we are, Lord, being obedient. Your word says, gather together as believers. Don't forsake this as some have done, as some do. Lord, it's supernatural, even what happened here today. Because we were obedient to your word, something supernatural bypassed our natural. And our human minds that came in bogged down is getting lighter because the spirit is now taking over. We have new thoughts today. We have a new vision today. We have a new hearing today. And I thank you, Lord. We have a new strength today in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, we would get to this place of stability in you, a place, Lord God, where our humanity becomes secondary. And Lord, that when we pray, Lord, things are going to happen, but Lord, we're not going to get weird about it. We're just going to keep praying and praying and praying and believing and declaring and thanking and then praying more and then just praising you more because you're God and then just declaring your goodness and then just praying some more and then being thankful more. And Lord, <laughs> we're going to suddenly turn and look that our lives become very, very insignificant in the scheme of the kingdom of God. And we're going to turn around and see that everything we need, everything we used to ask for, is not only given to us, but we don't even care. We're just giving it away because, Lord, we are in a totally different place with you. I pray that for this church, and I pray that, Lord, for this nation, for the church of this nation, Lord, the church of this time, for this generation, Lord, this generation that the world is saying is different. Even the world recognizes it's a different generation, a separated generation. They're not like the old generations and lord we're going to break that curse in jesus name that curse that i don't everything should be handed to me and i don't need to do anything to get there and lord we just break that power of that thing in jesus name we thank you lord that it is by what well, we don't strive but it is by digging into your word it is by separating ourselves it's by getting together with believers as much as we possibly can lord that we are supernaturally changed and to let the spirit out of us. We thank you, Lord. We just give you praise, and we just give you honor this day, Lord. You deserve it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.